and welcome to episode nine of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again. On today's episode, we're going to break down game four of the NBA Finals. Pivotal game tonight for the NBA Finals. Warriors, Raptors, you have to believe whoever gets it done tonight up in Oakland is in the driver's seat to win the Larry O'Brien trophy and get that championship because if the Warriors win, you even the series at two games apiece. Kevin Durant comes back. Klay Thompson's going to play tonight. You have to like their chances with that potent lineup. But if you're the Raptors and you get it done tonight, you head back to Scotiabank up in Toronto with a chance to close out and win your franchise's first NBA title. Imagine the frenzy up at Jurassic Park if they're able to get it done tonight in Game 4. But if you're the Warriors, you have to look at this game as we're on the brink of not just potential elimination, but you go from being a great team to an all-time great team. From a team that's won three championships, a back-to-back, to an all-time dynasty. That's what's on the line tonight. If the Warriors aren't able to win tonight's game, that Warriors dynasty really becomes almost a footnote NBA history. But if you win tonight and you do get on pace to win that 4-5, or five, then you get back into the conversation with the all-time great NBA dynasties, the Chicago Bulls, the Showtime Lakers, Larry Bird Celtics, Bill Russell Celtics. You join that that exclusive class, but if you lose tonight, it could be a different story. And if they lose tonight, they put themselves in major danger. They put this dynasty on life support because only 11 times in NBA history as a team trailing three games to one in a series came back. And it's happened four times in the past 15 years. It's happened twice in the last couple of years. Of course, we know the Warriors, they dropped that 3-1 lead in the NBA Finals. And then, of course, they were down 3-1 against OKC. And then Kevin Durant threw up 10,000 bricks in Game 6. And they came back on OKC. So it doesn't happen very often. And you put yourself in a really difficult situation. But looking at tonight's game, Kevin Durant, he's out again. No KD. Klay Thompson, he's coming back from a hamstring injury. And he's really been one of the NBA's Ironman since being in the league. So for him to be out, you know it's something serious. You know it's something that's more than just a tweak. So you wonder, how is he going to look? I mean, he's got the fire in his eyes. He's a gamer. And I really I really think Klay Thompson, even if he's hobbled tonight, that guy's got a lot of fire in him. I see him having a big game. But really, can you expect Steph Curry to drop 47 points again? I said it during the game when he shot 11 shots in the first quarter. Watch out for Steph Curry because that's a lot of shots for a guy that's used to really just spreading it around and picking his spots. And then what happened? Yes, it was a great game with 47. Only one made field goal in the fourth quarter. So it looked like he was a little gassed down the stretch. So what can you expect really from Steph Curry tonight after dropping 47 points in game three? So another thing to look at too, for the first time all season long, For the first time in this NBA Finals, the Warriors are not the Vegas favorites to win it all. As of right now, it is even. They went into this series 
uh, a minus 300 favorite, and that's all the way down to even. So the wise guys in Vegas are telling you that this is getting closer. Of course, we have the Raptors winning in seven, and I'm here to tell you that I think I might move that up. I might move that up. I'll tell you in just a second. Draymond Green, of course, my my, my man Draymond Green, He's he the way the reason why why he's gotten to where he's gone is his confidence and his mindset and really he does not seem shaken at all with being down two one. Take a look and listen at Draymond Green and the media availability. Win the next game, go back to Toronto, win game five, come back to Oracle, win game six, and then celebrate. Fun times ahead. But looking into tonight's game, Steve Kerr has some thoughts about the Warriors and what they need to do to get back into it. Check out Steve Kerr in yesterday's media availability. And um, uh, but I'm I'm very proud of our effort, and now we just got to bounce back and uh, hopefully uh, get back here in here Friday night. Hopefully get get a little healthier and uh, get some guys back. But we'll see we'll see how that goes. But main thing is just got to play better. But really, it's really, look, this is an injury-plagued Warriors squad. And I don't want to hear anything about an asterisk because you still have guys like Kevin Durant coming back in Game 5, Klay Thompson. And look, this is just how it is. I mean, a a championship is a championship. I don't care how you slice it. If the Raptors get it done, any of this asterisk talk is absolutely ridiculous because if you want to talk asterisk, I'll talk about the 2015 NBA Finals where Golden State got it done without Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving playing for the Cavs. So be careful, Warriors fans. If you want to talk asterisk, we'll talk asterisk all day, every day because you are the benefactor of injuries yourself, and you got it done yourself because of that. So deeper, getting deeper into tonight's game, really the focus should be about the Raptors, and that is why I feel confident. The Golden State going in tonight, they're a four-and-a-half-point favorite again, but I'm confident that the Raptors can get it done. I know it sounds crazy to think that Toronto can go to Oakland and beat Golden State, twice in the NBA Finals, especially considering that these could be the last games ever at the Roracle, at Oracle Arena. But I'm telling you, this Raptor team, they're poised, they're unfazed. Nick Nurse, Kawhi Leonard, there's a focus with this team and a calmness that they don't look. If they lose tonight, it won't be because they're afraid of winning in Golden State. And they're not affected by that Golden State crowd that really is not the Golden State State crowd of years past. The decibel levels aren't where they were. You can say what you want. Those tickets, it's honestly turning into the Laker tickets in that lower bowl where it's a social scene. And look, it's just not what it was. So when it comes to home court advantage, I'm sure they'll be alive. They're going to be lit tonight. They know what's at stake in tonight's game. But I'm telling you, look, watch a Warriors game from a couple years ago. There was a different level of excitement and, and noise level that intimidated opposing teams, and the Raptors aren't going to be intimidated going into tonight's game. So tonight, though, really, the story in Game 3, of course, the Raptors, the, those who struggled came into Game 3, and they bounced back in a major way. They had... Kyle Lowry, he was more aggressive on offense. He finished with 23 points. We're going to talk about Kyle Lowry getting pushed in just a second. I'll tell you my thoughts on Kyle Lowry and that whole incident. 
but he had 23 big points. Marcus Saul, 17 points on an efficient 6 of 11 shooting. And then Danny Green, who we thought would have some major mean regression after a, a conference finals where he struggled, he definitely has gotten back in the mix and start hitting those clutch shots like Danny Green that we saw in San Antonio making big, big shots. And he's starting to do that once again because he was clutch. 18 points for Danny Green. That was huge. And look for him to carry that momentum. There was a talk there was talk that Shaquille O'Neal, the diesel, the big Aristotle, Shaq himself went in and told Danny Green, "Hey, Danny Green, keep your arm up on the follow through, get back into it, stay aggressive." And ever since that pep talk from Shaq, Danny Green has looked like a different player, and that showed in Game Three. So play with the Spurs, like I'd go down there and see him, and I always tell him, I just brought him over here because I saw him messing around in the warmups. I said, "Hey, man, this is the finals. Leave it and stop effing around. Get your game right." Also, the second half performances by Kawhi Leonard. So one of the things that's really, I think, uh, not being talked about enough is what Kawhi Leonard's doing as far as gauging that energy level. You saw what he did in the first half. He let other guys get theirs. He let other guys like Kyle Lowry and Danny Green, Marcus Saul get going, Fred Van Vliet, and then he turns it up in the second half, and the claw closed out on the Warriors. 21 points for Kawhi Leonard in the final 24 minutes, and then Serge Ibaka, he two-time blocks champion. Don't underestimate Serge Ibaka. Oh, wow. A convenient Freudian slip there. Sergi Blaka was really doing things in the paint, and really he's that defensive presence. And he had five of his six blocks in the closing half. We're talking five blocks in one half. That's Matumbo-level numbers for Sergi Baca. And in, in game three, 52% from the floor, 44.4% from beyond the arc. So that's better than their regular season averages where they were shooting 33 So the Raptors, they're locked in. The Raptors, they look like the team that's deep, the team that's healthy. And this series, and I'm telling you right now, I have the Toronto Raptors going in tonight with everything going wrong with Golden State. Injuries to KD, hamstring for Clay, Kavon Looney's not playing, Steph Curry is not going to drop of 40, have another 47 point game tonight. And what that's going to mean is that means that Golden State is going down tonight up in Oakland. The Raptors, they're going to take a 3-1 series lead back to Toronto. It's going to be a grinded-out slugfest tonight. The Raptors are going to pull away, and Toronto is going to get it done. Watch out. Dynasty is on life support for Golden State. So look for the Raptors to go in and get it done up in Oakland tonight. But I think, though, also, you just got to look at it as I I see a lot of parallels. I see a lot of parallels with this series and the 1991 NBA Finals between Michael Jordan's Chicago Bulls and Magic Johnson's Los Angeles Lakers. So looking back at that series, the Bulls, they had a great regular season, 61 wins, and they had home court advantage And they lost game one. So they lost home court advantage just like the Raptors did in game two. They're from the east. Home court advantage. Lose it in game two. 
And then that, and then they were the Showtime dynasty. Just like you have the Golden State dynasty, they were at the end of that dynasty. Say what you want about Golden State, but that dynasty is coming to an end. We all know Kevin Durant's going to leave Golden State, and it was the same thing for the Lakers. It was one last run at a championship to put a bow on a great era of basketball for their franchise, but they had someone in their way, and that man was Michael Jeffrey Jordan the greatest basketball player in the history of the game, the greatest athlete, in my opinion, in all of sports history, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. And he was he wanted nothing of the Los Angeles Lakers. So, And also, look at it this way. Look at Michael Jordan's numbers in that series. 31.2 points per game, 6.6 rebounds, 11.4 assists, and 55% shooting, 50% from three. Look at those numbers. Michael Jordan is the GOAT. That's not, a, that's not a debate topic, okay? But if you parallel those with Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard, 29 points per game, 9.7 rebounds, and 4.7 assi- uh, assists per game. And he didn't really have a great game one. But if you look at their playoff numbers, their averages, they're similar. And Kawhi Leonard is a guy like Michael Jordan who will, who, who will check you on defense. If he needs an assignment, if Clay gets hot, look for Kawhi to switch on Clay. If Curry's hot, look for Kawhi to switch on Curry. He has that defensive prowess of being the best defender, the best perimeter player in the NBA, and he'll take on those assignments a lot like Michael Jordan did when he checked uh, Magic Johnson in that series. So he has that in him to get that done. And then you just got to look at it as the end of a dynasty and a birth of a new dynasty. So it was the end of the Showtime dynasty and the birth of the Bulls dynasty. And that's just how we see it in the NBA. There's always this changing of the guard and tonight, it just feels like there's so much going against the Golden State Warriors. The injuries, you have their fans pushing players. You have all the distractions on the sideline. And I just think tonight, you're going to see Golden State go down. Raptors going up 3-1 in this series. I'm not as confident as I was in Game 3. but And I, could, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Golden State won tonight. But it just feels like the Raptors are going to get it done tonight because they know how important this game is to getting their franchise, their first championship in their 24-year franchise history. Stay in the NBA. We're going to talk about the incident between Kyle Lowry and Mark Stevens. So take a look at what transpired in Game 3. Kyle Lowry, he falls into the stands. And check this out. Lowry obviously felt the fan did something inappropriate. Looks like he's saying he pushed me. I don't know if he's talking about one of the Warriors or one of the fans. We bring you back. This is what Kyle Lowry was talking about, that he was pushed. And you see there that guy with the left arm pushing him. The lead official, Mark Davis, coming over to us. They said they did not see it. However, the NBA is looking at it. And we don't, as he said... They don't know the intent. Was it because yeah, actually they're escorting the guy out right yeah. now? Somebody yeah. from NBA security is yeah. right there. And this is exactly what happened. You see, uh, one of the. Uh, well, it's interesting, Matt. He's NBA got a press security. pass too. Yeah. He's got some kind of a credential. Well, I think on that's just well. for, I think that's just for those that are sitting close. Oh, okay. Side. All right. So as you can see, he doesn't even fall on Mark Stevens. He falls on someone 
like two people down from him, and he doesn't just go over to him. He leans all the way over, shoves him, and then this is what Kyle Lowry said about the incident, about what he had to say to him. Fan, there's no place in him for that. You know, he had no reason to touch me. He had no reason to reach over two seats and then say some vulgar language to me. There's no place for people like that in our in our league. And um, you know, hopefully, he never goes comes back to an NBA game. And then Kyle Lowry, he thinks that this guy should never be at an NBA game ever again. He thinks that he doesn't belong in the NBA as a fan. And the fallout of the incident, the Warriors said. Mr. Stevens' behavior last night did not reflect the high standards that we hope to exemplify as an organization. We are extremely disappointed in his actions, and along with Mr. Stevens, offer our sincere apology to Kyle Lowry and the Toronto Raptors organization for this unfortunate misconduct. There is no place for such interaction between fans or anyone or players at an NBA game. Mr. Stevens will not be in attendance at any of the remaining games of the 2019 NBA Finals. Review of this matter is ongoing. So they went on to fine him $500,000, which to a billionaire is like fining me like 50 cents. And really, and he's also going to be banned from NBA basketball for an entire year. So, I mean, the thing about that is, People are saying that, oh, you know, he should get banned for life, that he should never be able to step foot in NBA arena again. And I'm thinking to myself, are you serious? Are we seriously thinking about banning this guy for life in a league where Meta World Peace, he went in as a 250-pound NBA player on full adrenaline throwing haymakers at fans. Steven Jackson throwing haymakers at fans. Steven Jackson got suspended for 30 games. Ron Artest got suspended for the remainder of a season. Okay? Trust me. I don't I think the guy what he did was was ridiculous. I, it was it was privilege. It was it was just terrible. I think that was terrible. I don't condone that activity at all. And really, I think that it's really he hurt the Warriors because it's just one more reason why they're going to galvanize as a team and why I think they can go in and have a realistic chance of not only this series but winning game 4. But it's it's all these bad vibes that are surrounding Golden State. Kevin Durant's leaving. Mark Stevens is pushing Kyle Lowry. And I think what they should do as far as the fine and punishment goes, 500000 turn that up to $5 million, okay? $5 million, Who cares? If you wanna, and, and if he doesn't pay it, take away his, his minority stake in the Warriors, force him to sell, okay? Because you just can't do that. You're on national TV. It's bad for the league. And like LeBron James said, if if he if it'd been the other way around, can you imagine what the fallout would be? Here's what LeBron James said. He goes, There is absolutely no place in our beautiful game for that at all. There's so many issues here. When you sit courtside, you absolutely know what comes with being on the floor. And if you don't know, it's on the back of the ticket itself that states the guidelines but he himself being a fan but more importantly part owner of the Warriors knew exactly what he was doing which was so uncalled for he knew the rules more than just at the average person sitting watching the game courtside so for something so something that needs to be done ASAP a swift action for his actions just think to yourself what if Kyle Lowry would have reacted and put his hands back on him you guys would be going crazy. And LeBron James, you're absolutely correct there.
okay? If Kyle Lowry, if he does anything as much as just a, a, a little shove or even shakes his hand, people are going to be outraged. The Warriors are going to ask for suspensions, and it would be ugly, especially on that stage. And all i got to say is, Mark Stevens, be happy that that was Kyle Lowry. Be happy that wasn't Russell Westbrook. Because if that was Russell Westbrook or Dennis Rodman or Charles Barkley, they would have threw you into the parking lot from the courtside, okay? You don't do that, and you, I just don't know what you were thinking. I think his punishment, raise it up, 500000 isn't adequate. The one-year suspension I'm okay with, that's a long time, okay? That's a whole season and the rest of the NBA Finals. But look, you up that suspension, and then also you make him watch Game 5 from Jurassic Park. I think you throw him in Jurassic Park in Toronto, and you force him to watch the game in Jurassic Park. So, and, you know, I just want to run down, though. You know, it got me thinking. What were some other instances of players fighting fans and fans fighting players? Well, let's check out some of these incidents. Here's some examples of... Of when fans got into it with players. So, of course, there's the time back in 1997. Albert Bell. If you don't know Albert Bell, this guy was one of the biggest jerks, villains, baseball had ever seen. And he gets into it with a fan. And what does he do to the heckling fan? He doesn't go into the stands and fight him. Nope. He just takes a baseball and he nails him in the chest with it. So, Albert Bell, he just took a baseball, nails him in the chest with it. That's not a good look for Albert Bell, but it's something that doesn't surprise you if you followed his career. Then, of course, you got Sean Ellis. If you remember, he got into it with the Seahawks' 12th man a few years ago back in 2004 when they got in a little snowball fight. He threw a snowball back at the fans, and it was really rough. He got fined $10,000 for that. Then you might remember Rob Ray. Rob Ray, dude straight up pummeled a fan, and... There was a fan on the ice. Rob Ray treated him like he was a hockey player, and it was just your standard hockey fight, except it wasn't a hockey player. He didn't have his helmets and pads on, and Rob Ray just went to work on him and just nailed him about 35 times, and really that was not a pretty sight. Then, of course, there's the time with Marcus Smart with Oklahoma State. He goes into the stands, and he gets into a little shoving match with the Texas Tech Super fan, Jeff Orr, that wasn't pretty. And I really don't think he deserved that suspension. Marcus Smart actually got suspended for that, which I didn't think he deserved. Then Lincoln Kennedy, more snowballs uh, in this one. Back in, you know, that, he's huge. Lincoln Kennedy's a monster. Six foot six, 335. Remember Lincoln Kennedy. And Denver Broncos fans... They are they, they hate the Raiders, and they got into it, and they threw some snowballs at Lincoln Kennedy back in 1999. And Lincoln Kennedy, instead of grabbing those snowballs and throwing them back, he's like, no, I'm just going to go in the stands and start punching you. So he just punched out a drunken fan in the stands, and that just goes to show booze, sports, it can snowball really quick, and that fan got laid out by Lincoln Kennedy. By the way, Mile high security, do better, okay? I know that's a lot to handle with Lincoln Kennedy, but how do you let him get that far into the stands? Then we got Dodger great Reggie Smith, seven-time Major League Baseball All-Star, 314 career home runs, and he, and some of his most famous hits came back in that 1981 World Series. So 
this guy, if you remember, he leaped into the stands and he fought a six foot four, two hundred eighteen pound Michael Dooley. This fan and he just got one punch in and boom, that was a wrap. So he went into the stands and he clocked the dude. Then you move on to Vernon Maxwell. Now, this one might be the most relevant to what happened a couple days ago. Because if you remember, Vernon Maxwell, first of all, his his nickname was Mad Max. Don't mess with a guy whose nickname is Mad Max. I would definitely proceed with caution because this guy had a screw loose, and that was his moniker. And back in 1995, when the Portland Trailblazers were playing the Rockets up in Portland, Vernon Maxwell was not hearing great stuff. The fan was talking smack about Vernon Maxwell's wife and a miscarriage, certain real red flag. That's like your immediate, well, we're going to go type stuff. And what did he do? He goes into the stand like nine rows deep up the aisle, and then he just clocks a dude. He got fined 20000 and a 10-game suspension. So, like I said, all you guys saying that Mark Stevens and hey, I'm not a Warriors fan by any stretch. I'm not a I'm a I'm a very pro player safety, but he shoved him and you got Vernix Maxwell, he clocked a dude. I don't care what he said. He goes nine rows into the fans, into the stadium, and he clocks a dude. He got hit with a twenty K fine and a ten game suspension. So there's that one. And then, of course, there was a time when Ty Domi. Ty Domi was a fierce hockey player, man. And he goes into the box. A fan squirts some water on him. And he falls into the penalty box. And Domi, he goes and beats the living crap out of him for a couple minutes before security's to, uh, able to get to him. And then you have Ty Cobb. So if you don't know Ty Cobb, of course you know Ty Cobb. He's an MLB legend. But you might not know that he was one of the most hated guys in Major League Baseball by his fan, by the fans and teammates, despite being as great as he was. And then one time, back in 1912, Ty Cobb, he ran into the stands during a game against the New York Highlanders, and he beat the crap out of a handicap fan. Ty Cobb, are you serious? You're lucky that, that camera phones weren't around back then, because... Your legacy as the great as one of the greatest players would be totally shot by the fact that you beat up a handicapped fan, and he was ultimately ejected and suspended and fined fifty dollars. So fifty dollars—that's less than a parking ticket out here in Los Angeles. So really, he got off pretty easy. And then his teammates, who actually hated him, striked to get him back. Which I don't know. Maybe they were intimidated by him. Who knows? But. That was an ugly look. Eric Cantona of the Manchester United, of the great Manchester United teams. Eric Cantona back in 1995, he got into it with a fan, and he kicked him right in the face. It was just a little a little kick, right? And he said, too, right after his career, he said, I have a lot of good moments, but the one I prefer is when I kick the hooligan. So he clearly has no regrets or remorse when it comes to kicking that hooligan. And then one of my favorite stories is the 10 cent beer night. So the 10 cent beer night up in Cleveland. So you do a 10 cent beer night, you got to be ready for some problems, okay? And back in 1974, they got all boozed up, and that booze got right to their head. And they took off, and somehow the Cleveland fans started running onto the field in the ninth inning, and they snatched the Rangers player Jeff Burrow's hat and glove, and the Texas teammates, they weren't having it, man. They came out with bats 
and were charging the Indians fans. And then it got it's so bad that Indians players and Rangers players were going at it with the crazy drunk Indian fans. And a couple of players were injured. Umpires were injured. And there was a straight-up riot. And guess what, Cleveland? You made the Indians have to forfeit the game. You didn't just cause injuries. The teams had to forfeit. Your beloved Indians, who haven't won a World Series since 1954, they had to forfeit the game. The Bruins and Rangers, the Boston Bruins and Rangers, they, of course, got into a famous match. And then, of course, there's the magnum opus, the the Mona Lisa of fights, the malice at the palace. It doesn't get any more brutal than the malice at the palace, and we talked about the fallout with that. So those are some of the biggest uh, fan and player mix-ups in sports history, and as you can see, Mark Stevens, look, this guy, in, in today's in today's culture, and you do anything, it's on TV, it's on the internet, things spread like wildfire. People want to overreact. And trust me, it feels weird to defend anything Warriors, but really, come on, man. A, a, a lifetime ban for something like that? You guys are talking crazy, especially when you compare it to some of this other stuff. And we're going to finish today's show talking about the incident with Beyonce, Jay-Z, the Nicole Curran, Joe Lacob's wife. Of course, it's the NBA, so you got to talk about what's happening off the court, right? And, of course, it went viral in a hurry. That thing spread like wildfire, and it went 15 million views in a two-hour span. Something crazy like that. And little shoulder move. Twitter highlights include, I would leave the earth if Beyonce looked this ready to smack me. Beyonce is so annoyed by this woman and hope gonna hear about it on the jet. Beyonce, queen of the F out of here nudge. Somebody better tell Becky she better back up off B. Really, it was just an incident where, of course, Beyonce gives her the death stare after she leans over and the Bay Hive, Beyonce's fans, they call them the Bay Hive, they attacked her. Cyberbullying at its finest. They're giving her death threats. And all she was doing was offering her a dr- offering Jay-Z a drink. She offered Beyonce some water. That's what Beyonce wanted. And then Jay-Z wanted a vodka soda. By the way, great ad for vodka soda. Bet you the sales of that are going to go up this week. And it was so loud in Oracle that she leaned over to ask him. So, no, she wasn't Becky with the good hair. She was being the hospitable Nicole Curran, offering them drinks. So, that was just ridiculous. Internet, you need to do better. Beyonce fans, you need to chill out. This is getting absurd at this point. Beyonce can fight her own battles if she needs to. You guys don't need to step in. You took this totally the wrong way. If you look at it, she was offering them a drink. Okay, she had some pretty, pretty fire gold boots. Don't be so hard on the woman. Jeez. So I'm sure game four, we're going to talk a little bit about the game, a lot about what happens outside of it. I hope it's about the game. But Drake, I told you you need to show up. Where are you, Drake? You haven't been to game four. You haven't been to Oakland yet. I need you to show up tonight, and you better be rocking a Kevin Durant jersey, but not a Warriors version a New York Knicks version because that would take your trollness to a new level. You better rock it. I saw the Photoshop. We got to make that happen. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks for rocking with us once again. 
here on the Get More Sports Podcast. You can find me at DMAC underscore LA on Twitter. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. See you guys next week, and I'm out.